Welcome to Thursday night's point class. I'm Katherine Kogel, and I'm going to be talking today about body image and how that plays out not only in our culture, but specifically in dance and ballet. And I really wanna be thoughtful and heartfelt about this. So I'm gonna to try to really take my time and dive in because this is such a big issue that not only carries throughout ballet, but carries with us outside of the ballet world, especially for girls, but even men, I think. It carries through to our outside everyday life and carries through to our relationships with ourselves, our friends, others. And it is definitely a big part of how we see ourselves in the world, not just in the ballet world, but in the world. So I just really wanna dive into this because this is a big one. The first thing I want to say is that I think it's interesting that while this is such a prevalent, I don't know if I want to use the word issue, but just a prevalent thing in so many young girls' lives in the dance world and in women's lives carrying through through companies, it's very interesting that no one talks about this. No, like leaders, teachers, directors, whatever, even co-workers it is not often talked about about the thoughts around our body and i mean the honest thoughts we all know the usual like oh my gosh i i feel so fat today i feel so big like i just don't i don't like my body whatever your friends or your co-workers will be like oh no no you're beautiful you're beautiful what are you talking about kind of deny what's happening and I think a lot of that comes from comes from a wonderful space and probably what they're saying is true. Like they're probably saying back to you what they see, but there's an aspect of denying what someone is actually feeling when the response is, no, 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 you're crazy, you look beautiful. There's a truth to that. And then there's also a complete ignoring of what someone is going through. And I think there's an aspect of like trying to deny those feelings within yourself. So if I have a friend coming to me and saying like, oh, I look at myself in the mirror and I feel so big and whatever and fat or what, who, whatever they're saying, or I don't like the way my butt looks or something like that, I'm going to deny that because I don't want to feel the feelings that it might bring up for myself around my body and the way I view my body. That is some a place that I don't want to step into. It feels icky. It feels yucky. I don't want to spiral into having a bad body day mentally. And so I'm going to deny what she's saying because I need to keep myself in order. And I don't want to step into that space. One of the most pivotal moments that I had around this was um, for myself was I had a friend of mine. It was a group of my ballet friends, we were all sitting together. We all trust each other very, very much, love each other very, very much, supportive of each other completely in our art, in our dancing and who we are and everything. And I had a friend who was talking about her concerns around her body and how she wasn't feeling very particularly thin, we'll say at the moment, whatever. And the initial reaction from everybody was, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? You're gorgeous, you're gorgeous, you're gorgeous. All of that, absolutely positively true. This woman dancer is beautiful, so beautiful. Body's amazing, like amazing. 
but I recognized I I had left the ballet company at that point. So I had kind of had some I I wasn't as wrapped up in like what that meant for me in my job. It didn't matter as much anymore, even though it still really mattered to me. But in terms of my job, it didn't matter as much. And so I kind of recognized like, wow, she's she's in this space. We're all denying it. And I said to her, like, I know exactly what you're feeling. I feel that too. And I, I really do remember seeing kind of this sense of relief fall over her eyes because she wasn't alone in what she was feeling. She wasn't crazy. And I think a lot of times when dancers are saying like, oh, I'm not feeling good about my body, we're looking to to feel like other people, you know, that we're not alone. We're looking to feel reassured in the fact that we're not crazy in thinking that. It's a common thought, but the thought might be askewed, if that makes sense. So it's normal to think that sort of thing. Does it mean that the thought is accurate and true? No. But sometimes we have to get to the first part, which is, I understand why you're thinking this. I feel what you're, I know the feeling behind this. I feel what you're feeling as to why you're thinking this before we can get to, but I'm here to tell you, it doesn't make sense. That is just a thought that you're creating and it's not accurate to reality and it's not making you feel good. So we need to start thinking differently and start approaching ourselves differently. That's just like the first thing. It's kind of like, it's interesting to me that in the dance world, there is not this conversation of being like, acknowledging, we're probably all having these thoughts. I really don't know of any dancer, no matter what their body looks like, no matter how natural it is or what, you know, whatever. Like, I do not know of anybody who's not having these thoughts. I have yet to find somebody who's like that. And I think that these thoughts creep in at various stages in our development as dancers. I didn't really start having kind of body dysmorphia thoughts until I was a teenager and I was going to the School of American Ballet. I was kind of influenced by maybe other people's behaviors around me, other people's conversations. And I was no longer with my family who never commented on my body one way or another. Definitely, we all had really healthy habits around food, you know, having natural, um, we would always eat dinners together, eat meals together. My mother always made sure that we were eating well. And I never really thought anything about what I was eating. But what ends up happening is you go through puberty, your body starts to change naturally, normally, which is also an interesting thing that's never spoken about. No one's ever talking about puberty and how your body's going to change. There's kind of just like this unspoken expectation that your prepubescent body is going to be the body for the rest of your life. And if it isn't, you have to do anything at any cost to make sure that it stays in this prepubescent way, which is an aspect of the denial of the feminine, but maybe that's another conversation another time. So that's not being talked about. So once your body starts to change, I think that you're kind of shocked that this is happening And not in the sense that you didn't think puberty was going to happen, but you didn't, you've been used to having your body be a certain type of way your whole life with dance. And now you have this new body that's showing up with dance and you're like, what, what is, what is this? I don't look the same in the mirror. I've been looking at myself in the mirror for forever. 
and I thought I was just going to get longer and now all of a sudden you know I'm getting new shapes in my body and maybe I'm getting a little bit more fleshy and like you know I have yet to understand how to develop my muscles or whatever there's a lot of factors that are going into why we might be shaping our thoughts into a negative connotation around our body when things change it's hard to embrace it if you're not being taught how to embrace it and the people around you your your leaders and your teachers and your elders basically are not showing you how to embrace it and embracing it themselves so all these things are they're big they're really big in the in the journey of understanding as to why we have such rampant body dysmorphia and potential um, eating disorder behaviors. Disordered eating, eating disorders, all that sort of stuff. And I think a big part of understanding why this is happening is the step, like I said before, we have to acknowledge that it's happening before we can step into how do we shift, accept, love, change our approach to ourselves in regards to our body. So as we move into this next part, this next thing that I'm going to go into, I'm just going to kind of talk about myself and my experience. For me, I started having disordered eating kind of like I said when I was a teenager. I was very influenced by the way people were acting around me and the conversations that were being had. And I definitely was influenced by a period where I had gotten injured and I got a little, I felt like I had gotten bigger. I but I felt and saw in the mirror that I looked bigger than I had in the past. And I didn't know how to change that, how to get back to where I was before. And so I stepped into a space of like severely messing up my diet. I don't even want to say like <laughs> stopping eating, but I don't know how the heck I was eating. Like there was definitely not balanced nutrients that I was getting and I was starving my body for sure of nutrients um, if not severely depleting my calories and I struggled with my body and feeling like puffy or big or I don't know round whatever words you want to use for a while and I when I was in the company at Los Angeles Ballet I also felt that and I had a meeting with the directors and I was told to um, tighten up and which we all know is like short term for lose weight so I made a decision. I was like, okay, if I want to play this game in this company and succeed by the rules that are being set by the directors, I'm going to work really hard and stop eating, basically. Just like the only way I know how to lose weight and the way that I've been told is to deplete your calories. So I'm going to try to eliminate as many calories throughout the day and dance as much as I can, work out as much as I can, walk as much as I can so that I can start to lose weight. So I, I set out having like, I don't even know what I would have for lunch. I'd always have my breakfast. I don't even know what I would have for lunch. And it was probably like cereal for breakfast. And then I would drink a bunch of coffee with fake sweetener stuff in it, have like minimal salads. And then I would have like a rice cake with peanut butter for dinner or almond butter for dinner and that was it and I was like really on this goal where I thought okay if I go to bed hungry I've done a good job for the day if I'm starving at night and I have to press on my stomach to make it stop hurting which is like literally crazy I'm winning 
basically. I'm doing it the right way. I'm going to succeed. That's that's kind of like what I equated it. I'm going to succeed, succeed and I'm going to be skinny. So in a sense, it worked. I did lose a lot of weight. I definitely felt like I was excelling in regards to how my directors saw me. I started getting more attention and more roles and I felt like I was, I felt skinny. Honestly, I felt really skinny and I physically, I don't know if I felt good, but my mind was telling me that I felt good because I was skinny. I equated kind of this like waifly, sickly feeling in my body as like skinny equals good. (laughs) So not necessarily the most healthy. I ended up getting injured big surprise. And, and then I, I gained weight, obviously, because I was injured, which is a completely normal thing to have happen. That's another conversation that is rarely ever acknowledged and talked about. Sometimes when you're off for a while, your body changes, you gain weight, that's normal, because you've been working hard physically for a long time, and then you're not doing that anymore. And that's a completely normal thing. And to have an expectation or to not support the dancer who's coming back from an injury and just completely accepting them where they're at both like strength wise with their dancing and also however their body might have changed that is a huge necessary like component to the dance world that needs to start one being talked about like I said and two embraced so anyway I I got injured I gained weight and I was back on to this thing of like, how do I lose weight? I feel so depressed. Now, it wasn't just about the weight. I wasn't dancing. I wasn't exercising the same way that I did. We all know the science around like exercise and helping with depression and your and your mood and, and everything. Um, so there's a whole bunch of contributing factors. But my mind kind of took the biggest issue was that I was gaining weight. <laughs> um, that was like the number one thing that made me feel bad and the reason why I I point to that is because now that I'm not dancing professionally anymore in the same way that I was I still take this sometimes if I feel like I'm gaining a little bit of weight I notice I fall back into this this is making me feel bad I'm allowing for this to make me feel bad And so that's something that carries on just outside of the ballet world and trying to like have your body look a certain type of way for dancing. It is something that you carry with you in just, it's your thoughts around your body is making you feel shitty. And that's not any way that we want to live. We have to start shifting our approach with our body. So after I gain weight and and I'm not dancing, I start to try to change my diet as I'm going through this healing process. And I, and I change my diet because I'm learning a lot about why I have inflammation in my body, why my gut is a complete disaster, like what's going to help my body heal and give it the nutrients to be able to have a healthy dance career. And not even a dance career, have a healthy body that will be able to hike well into my 70s. And so I stop eating gluten. I start eating way more vegetables and fruit. I start learning about the balances of having healthy fats and fruits and vegetables and all that sort of stuff. I go, I explore a keto diet, which 
in my opinion, is not the best um, because I think it's really important that you're having natural sugars from fruits. And I just think having a balanced diet overall is really important. Basically, what I'm saying is I explore a bunch of diets to help learn from every single one that has helped me formulate to understand what's best for my body, which is an ongoing journey. I'm still figuring that out. Supplementation was a really big thing, all this sort of stuff. So I start to feel stronger in my body in general. And then I had a life experience. I started coming back into dancing slightly. I had two very large catalytic experiences. One, I was leaving my ballet company. I decided that I didn't want to be a part of the company anymore and I was going to go out and do my own thing. And that was a really scary situation. Um, I had known ballet my entire life and I, at 23, for the first time, I was stepping away from it. And then two, I had a an experience, a love experience, and I like had this heartbreak situation or it was like my first real experience of like feeling a heartbreak and I couldn't eat. Like I just naturally through the stress, it's a normal reaction. Like I did not eat. Like sometimes I think maybe some people when they get a heartbreak or they're going through a stressful time, they start eating more. My reaction is I stop eating. If I get depressed, I eat more. If I'm stressed and like sad or heartbroken or something, but mostly stressed, it's like I don't eat. And I lost a lot of weight, which is fine. But the problem for me was that I was like, ooh, I'm finally skinny the way I've always wanted to be. I have to maintain this. So as I lost all this weight and I just naturally was not hungry, like when I tell you I could not eat, I'm sure we might have experienced this, all of us have experienced this. I literally could not eat as much as I would have wanted to. I had no appetite. But as I started to get an appetite, I was like, ooh, how do I maintain having no appetite and not eat at all? So I definitely turned down a route of being anorexic, bulimic, not bulimic in throwing up, but bulimic in working out way more than I was taking in calorie wise, um, that form of bulimia. So in my head, I'd be like, okay, if I eat X, I have to do a really hard yoga class or I have to walk for five hours. (laughs) Like literally I would walk all the time. I'd have to counteract it with a very intense amount of working out so that I would burn off the calories plus some to keep me always in a deficit with my caloric intake basically. Now, what's interesting is this entire time that I was doing this, I really didn't actually love myself and I didn't love my body. I was constantly afraid of losing this physical look. I was really afraid of gaining pounds on a scale and I had to keep it within a window of like 115 pounds, which is so insane to me when I think about it now and like in no more than 123. If I got to 123, I was like really upset. Now, I'm 5'9", so that's a little not good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, so I was really trying to keep myself in this space, and I was honestly a slave to a number on a scale because it wasn't even, like, how I was feeling. I was disassociating from how I felt in my body, one, because I was afraid to feel certain feelings that were coming up just around anything, not even around my body, but around like leaving the ballet world, you know, feeling lonely, feeling 
loss, feeling all those sorts of things, I was afraid to feel those feelings. So I was like, let me focus on a number and focus on working out because that makes me feel good. But I'm going to disassociate because the working out is going to make me maintain a number and all of that equation will equal happy. But if I had paid attention to what was going on in my body, one, I would, I would feel fatigued. I would feel like I needed to rest and probably just cry. I had a lot of big emotions that I needed to work through, but I was afraid to do that. And resting would bring up those emotions. So I was trying to do whatever I could to keep myself moving. Yeah, so I share all this because once I started to recognize this with my therapist, she really helped me understand the deep and profound loving relationship I needed to step into with my body and how honestly spiritual it is and how it's so much more than just like even the types of foods that you eat and working out. It's about being in a relationship with your physical body that honors your physical body, that honors the needs of your physical body and is a give and take loving relationship. The more you love into your body, the more your body is going to provide for you in the way that it needs for you to live out your purpose. One of the things that my therapist said to me was like, your body was given to you by God or whatever you believe in or by science, whatever. Your body was given to you by God for you to live out your purpose. It has as much of a purpose for you as you have alone as like a spirit or your idea of yourself in this world. And so as I stepped into this space, I started to recognize that what my body wanted, and maybe it was like maybe a bit of a fear response because it was afraid of not ever getting food or whatever, was nutrients. I was eating four meals a day. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And But I was filling myself with nutrient-dense food. I, I, I was literally eating a smorgasbord of food consistently, but it was all very, in my opinion, very nutrient-dense food. Whole foods, I'll say. I was not eating a lot of processed foods. Whole, whole foods. And I started to gain a lot of weight. I was not moving. I needed to really rest my body. I would get up in the morning and I would just want to sit out in the sun and meditate for hours on end because my body was telling me it needed a break. It needed a rest. You have been pushing and pushing and pushing literally since you were probably 10 years old and you need a rest. You've never given yourself that real proper rest. As I stepped into the space and started to have a more loving dialogue with my body and recognizing when I would fall into these negative thinking thoughts of shaming myself, putting myself down, telling myself I need to lose 10 pounds right now this minute as I'm driving the car, otherwise I'm a horrible person, the more I would stop and fall back into feeling the grace and love of my eternal self, my spirit self, my God self, whatever, or God or whatever that feeling is, that feeling of love, the more my whole identity around me being my body began to shift. I started to recognize I'm not my body. 
my body is of service to me, just as I must be in of service to my body so that it can continue, like I said before, to help me live out my purpose in the best way possible. And as I look back on this journey, which happened quite a few years now, probably about six years ago, I see how this journey that I went on is a major part of my purpose. One, on a personal level, just for me to learn how to more deeply love myself and love this existence on earth. And two, for me to be able to share this and be of service to the young women and anybody around me who is also going to experience this journey. So anyway, this was my very profound, um, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moment with my body <laughs> of understanding and learning kind of the the deepest aspect of disordered eating and and why I, I don't know, how do I say this? Like, it was all of service to just loving myself more and enjoying existing as a dancer in this body. It's not about existing as a skinny body doing dance. It's existing as a dancer using the body that was given to you in all of its glory, in all of the shapes that it can take within this lifetime. My body's already taken so many shapes in this lifetime, but it's still ultimately the same it's still ultimately the same frame and it has gifted me so many hours of movement like i could start crying right now the fact that this body has gifted me so many ways of learning how to move differently how to dance in stillness how to dance in thickness how to dance dance in litheness and feeling a little bit more light and like being able to jump a lot or feeling more grounded and heavy or just feeling the dance in the fullness of my body that is bigger than just the physicality that it's it's the energy body around me as well like i am so grateful to be gifted this physical body as a dancer and to be able to explore what this body can do as i explore my purpose through it such a gift at every shape and size and turn it takes, at every moment of weakness and every moment of strength and every moment of tweaking, like what can I learn through this physical body? What is that gift? And the more that we connect to this as dancers and as a dance community, the more we can transform our dance and have our dance be used as a transformational experience and a celebration of whatever your body and all of what your body is athletic prowess of the of the emotional expression like the more that we accept our body as to where it's at and use it as a vehicle for our expression the more we can really have a transformational experience that we can share with audience members who are watching our dance and this goes in line with ballet technique. This is not just like some free form thing that's only meant for certain forms of dance. Ballet is very much a part of this transformational experience, but we have to allow it to be. We have to allow 
for the technique, our desire to express through the technique, through our body inhabiting the technique, through us inhabiting in our body, expressing through the body, inhabiting through the technique, all of that stuff, the more that we accept the body as is, as it's creating these shapes and exploring and diving into the shaping and making it bigger and smaller and intentional and finding their its boundaries and can you change those boundaries without really stepping away from the the essence of the technique the more we can have a powerful and like honestly life-changing societal changing and world-changing experience through dance and ballet Oh my gosh, we've just like touched on everything. It's amazing. I could still keep going and I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to take a break. It is like, honestly, the body's amazing. And if we don't love our body to the fullest extent, we're missing out. If we don't love our body to the fullest extent, we're missing out on such a deep part of our artistic experience and artistic depth and growth. It's true. That's my journey with my body. I don't know what to say next. Now, how do we take all of this information that I just talked about and let's take it back into framing it into the dance world and kind of less into like the esoteric or spiritual or feeling whatever space and more into concrete ideas and and actions that we can take as a dance community in regards to bodies disorder or like body dysmorphia and disordered eating. I mean, obviously, like I've said in my last podcast, it all comes back to the work that you do. It's not only a top down, but a bottom up. The expectation around a certain body type look (laughs) is fucking ridiculous. And the more that a human being experiences their body doing ballet, no matter what shape their body takes, the more they're going to realize, like, one, they're going to have compassion for bodies that you know, being turned out, I'm not going to lie, being turned out, it's easier to do fast tendus and fast ballet work at bar. It just is because that's the way ballet is designed. But that doesn't mean that if you have less turnout that you can't do ballet. It takes a teacher or director to understand what that's like and what that feels like and have compassion for that feeling to help take the person where they're at in their natural turnout and guide them into making it easier for them and help help them to find out how to get into an easier space without dismissing them as ballet is not for you because you can't do this because you're not turned out enough yes it's going to be maybe a little harder but that doesn't mean it's not for you and that doesn't mean that you can't do it so kind of taking that idea into like the world of looking at bodies and how everybody really truly is meant for ballet. Some might have an easier go at it and some might not. It's like if everybody wanted to go into business, some people are going to be a little bit more savvy at business naturally and other people are going to have a lot of blind sides. And when I say deficiencies, I just mean like things that they have to develop more in order to get to a certain level of understanding and capability. Are they capable of getting to that place? Uh, Probably, absolutely, yes. So the same idea with ballet. When it comes into like companies and stuff like that, 
the notion of telling people to lose weight is so fucking antiquated. I'm so sorry. It is so annoying. So annoying. To speak perfectly candidly, I think that there's an aspect of strength that is recognizable and is important. And it's, but that's kind of a personal journey. That's not for somebody else to dictate to them that you need to get stronger, this, that, and the other. I'm pretty sure everybody's aware. When directors are talking to people about like, oh, you need to get stronger, you need to lose, not, they don't say lose weight anymore, but like you need to get a ballerina look or you need to tighten up or whatever, that is not connecting to the artist. That is connecting to the artist as a body. And the artist is not the body. So you're identifying with the art form as the body, as opposed to the art form being an expression of the artist. This is huge. This is a very sick and antiquated way of thinking about things. And it really needs to be examined as to why we as a dance community care so fucking much. Like you really need to ask yourself, why do we care about what a body looks like on stage? Why do we care? If they are doing beautiful dancing and executing the technique well and doing the steps, why do you care what the body looks like? I, I, I'm like, honestly, this is, a, I'm very serious. I need to understand why. And I'm sure if we ask ourselves deep enough, why do I care? We're going to go back to what I was talking to at the beginning. It's because I have judged myself and my body and the way I've operated around my body in dance and in a, in a ballet company so much that I'm going to put that judgment and that concern and that desire on somebody else. If you can release yourself of the hold of believing that you need to look a certain type of way in order to be a successful ballet dancer or a beautiful ballet dancer or a beautiful woman for that matter, if you can release yourself of that, I guarantee you will release others of that same expectation and you will stop caring. To accept everybody as it is. And again, I think for me personally, I think strength is something to be celebrated. No matter what the body looks like, if they are strong and capable, we all know what it is to be strong in ballet. We all know what it is to get ourselves, quote unquote, into shape. It's not about like what you look like. It's about feeling capable in the steps and feeling like you can execute them well and that you have stamina. It does not matter in the face of that what the body physically looks like. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what your legs and feet look like. If you are stretching them to their fullest capacity and reaching beyond with your energy and expressing from your heart past the ends of your toes, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what the feet look like. That can be shaped, that can be changed, that can be malleable. So this is like a really big thing for me because I have experienced so many dancers that are beautiful and in the process of either in roles or getting accepted into certain schools, they're not accepted. And it's because of, so clearly to me, an undiagnosed prejudice by whoever is doing the casting or the accepting. I think it's very important I think, and this is a valid question, when someone is being let go of a company or not accepted into something, the question of like, why <laughs> is very valid. I think in the back of our minds, a lot of times we're thinking, is it because I'm not a good enough dancer? Do you think that I'm an insufficient dancer? And 
it is the responsibility of whoever holds the power of accepting or bestowing roles or accepting people into schools or companies to have to have certain conversations with certain people around your reasoning as to why it's happening, why an acceptance or uh, rejection is happening. In this day and age where there can be lawsuits around anything, around body, sexuality, whatever, if you were to really ask somebody to get down to the deepest, why did you let this dancer go? I guarantee they're not going to be fully honest with themselves because that, with a why they're letting that person go, because that means they're going to have to be fully honest with themselves as to why they hold that judgment against that dancer. Because we all know that judgment is a reflection of something we judge within ourselves. So if a dancer is being let go and you ask that person, the director, why are you letting that dancer go? They're probably not going to say because I think they're too big. They're not dancing up to the caliber that I want them to dance at. They didn't lose weight when I thought they should lose weight. I'm also sure that there's an aspect of like just maybe not liking their dancing. But how are they supposed to say that to somebody? How are you supposed to say like I don't like your dancing? So when it comes to letting people go and keeping people, I think that it's, I don't know, it's a tricky thing. I don't know. I'm not a director. That is a challenging aspect because if you are looking for a certain type of look in terms of your dancers and the work that you're going to do and you don't think that that dancer falls into that way of moving, I mean, that's a different conversation because you can still acknowledge that someone's beautiful. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's an interesting conundrum that the arts will forever have. I think, especially the arts that are based around physical bodies. It's not just like musical arts where it's like, it doesn't really matter necessarily how many muscles the violinist has in their arm. And historically with ballet, the way the body looks has historically mattered so much. So this is a deep conversation, you know, but again, it's up to every single person and it's, it's a personal journey. It's a personal journey.